That was a joke. I'm not going to make fun of Buster Posey on my Giants okay. podcast. Good. Hello and welcome to episode 139 of the Two Guys, a Glove, and a Coke Bottle podcast. He's Danny Zarchi. He's Thomas Todd. And we're Giants fans. We're and still Danny, here. Danny, what is this giant water jug you are drinking out of? <laughs> well, so in the era of Zoom, in which we're talking a lot and our faces are being shown in very high detail to everybody that we're talking to. I've gotten a lot of shit recently for this mug that I have, or not a mug, a, a water jug. And it's, it I looks like it's a 80, beer growler. It I looks think it's like a 84 growler. Ounces. 84, what a random number of ounces. Well, it's, it's supposed to be all the, the water that you're supposed to drink in a day. And so what I would do when I went to work is I would go and fill it and then just try to get through in the course of a day. Now, I'm home, so that isn't an issue, but I'm still trying to use it kind of to make sure that I get through that much water. Um, is the next step like an IV? Like what's your next, <laughs> after 84 ounces, like what do you move toward? 85. <laughs> All right, Danny, we've got uh, a lot on deck today. Uh, Buster Posey opting out uh, will be our top story today. We'll also talk about a couple Giants injuries and the schedule that came out. Uh, and some options that Giants fans have to stay connected to their favorite baseball team in a short season. But uh, I guess we'll start with Buster Posey, uh, 10-year veteran of Major League Baseball, former MVP, three-time World Series champion, former Rookie of the Year, uh, Gerald Dempsey Posey III, will not play baseball again in 2020. Danny, what was your initial reaction? Just the same sort of admiration that I feel for Buster Posey every minute of every day. Your heart swelled with pride. <laughs> I mean, let me let me first say that opting out at this point is a formality because, in fact, nobody's going to play in 2020. But yes, Buster Posey is by far the most prominent player in MLB so far to opt out of the season. Um, Apparently, people who... Nick Markakis would like a word. <laughs> Nick Markakis probably had more war than Posey last year, to, to be clear. But um, yeah, up until now, it was Ian Desmond and Ryan's. Who, by the way, if you haven't read Ian Desmond's message about why he's opting out, you definitely should. But Ian Desmond, Ryan Zimmerman, I think Joe Ross. I mean, the guys who are... All the Rosses, Tyson Ross. Oh, did he? Yeah, Ross uh, well, Perot, Diana Ross... <laughs> None Ross of them are going to play baseball this year. Um, yeah. Ross. All the Rosses are out. So, you know, many of those are legitimate big leaguers, to be sure, but Posey's the first one who, um, of, a, of a certain caliber who's still arguably um, very relevant to his team. Um, and it's just, it's great, you know? It's, we've seen so much bullshit about people wanting to play, about, you know, the back and forth, um, Jeff Passan wrote a really good piece about um, the theory of, of how they're going to keep all the players safe, um, all the complicated safety protocols they're going to go through. And his kind of a slant on it or his take on it, which I think is accurate, is how are they going to do all of this? And it's just not going to happen. So Buster made very clear in his press conference um, that I listened to the entirety of with Farhan Zahidi and uh, Gabe Kapler. And he made it very clear that if it were not for his current situation, which is him and his wife adopting two newborn twin girls who were born prematurely and therefore are susceptible to any kind of infection for the first four months of their lives, if not for that, he was going to be out on the field. I know there were reports leading up to him deciding to opt out that Buster was having second thoughts about playing the season and he was kind of on the fence. He said that those were taken out of context and that was not the way that he felt that he had every intention to play until this family situation arose. So couching it in what you were saying, kind of where other guys are taking uh, the other way out where they're just saying, Hey, I, I don't want to risk it. I don't think major league baseball's plan is solid enough and it's not worth playing for that big of a pay cut. Uh, to go ahead and suit up for the season. So I think it's a little bit different. And Kapler uh, 
echoed what Buster said, where family is going to be the most important thing this season. Maybe family takes a little bit of a backseat most seasons, and that's just kind of the job. But this season, he said, Kapler said the Giants were going to go in with a family first mentality, and that was going to be what won. So he no hesitation in praising Posey for his decision. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of something we're going to have to see from a lot of other players. Like, I think Mike Trout's wife is pregnant. I know that Garrett Cole's wife, who is, uh, well, um, Amy Cole, who is also Brandon Crawford's sister, is pregnant um, or just had the baby. And, you know, there's this question of, okay, yes, uh, premature babies are immunocompromised are going to have a problem, but all babies are vulnerable. And I mean, are these players really going to look at what the league is doing to keep them safe and say, yeah, this is fine. And that they feel comfortable um, sending them, you know, putting their families at risk, especially because a lot of the, I mean, I'm, I haven't memorized the safety protocols, but a lot of it is if they've been exposed or if there's this risk factor or that risk factor, the solution to a lot of these questions is go isolate for two weeks. And, okay, does isolation mean go home to your family and your young kids and your newborn? Because if it does, then that doesn't exactly take the pressure off of the family. Those safety protocols are designed so that the rest of the team will stay healthy. Um, but if you have small kids, then, well, if you have anyone in your family that you don't want to get sick, then it just doesn't seem like there are protocols in place that could actually prevent that. It's just, I mean, it's not worth it, guys. It's not worth it. Yeah, so echoing what you said earlier in the show, we're 12 days away from the beginning of the season in earnest and you don't think it's going to happen. I mean, at this rate, they're, they're moving so far so quickly to it that it probably will start. There probably will be the beginning of a season, but I think that we're going to see this kind of steady, like drip, drip, drip of people getting sick and opting out. And eventually they're just going to, they're they're just going to shut us down because you're getting, you're getting superstars who are sick. Yeah, what point is there enough dilution of talent or a snowball effect of, you know, we just lost our two best guys. There's no such thing as next man up when the leadership on your team or the the middle of your order has been gutted. Um, When does it stop becoming worth it to keep trying? And when do guys, you know, uh, thinking back to in March watching Rudy Gobert test positive for coronavirus and then watching the Sacramento Kings try to play a game, and guys saying, I'm not going out there. We don't know what this is. He's got it. Who knows? We just played those, they just played those guys last week. You know, um, it's, it's totally something that can happen in an instant. It doesn't have to be a slow moving train. Even it can happen in one evening, like we saw in March when sports was just over. Um, that could definitely happen again. Yeah. And I think that uh, Higo is in Passon's piece and he was talking about how one of the um, part of the safety protocols are that, that a team that is, let's see if I can get this right. It's something like if any team loses so many players due to COVID that there is a disruption of the competitive balance or something, some vague terminology like that, then they will shut down the league basically. And, but as Paston pointed out, what does that mean? Right. If you lose, a few of your starting position players, yes, that's bad. If you lose three of your starting pitchers, you know, 60% of your major league talent rotation is now made up with, you know, taxi squad guys and not even the better taxi squad guys. Like, is that enough to just say, oh, all right, you know, we're, we're calling it. I, none of that was made particularly clear. And, you know, as we start seeing more and more players opt out and get sick and um, just not be available for various reasons, then we're moving toward that place. And and also a lot of kind of what we've been seeing, a lot, a lot of the safety protocols are geared toward the idea that once you get COVID, you can just kind of lock yourself in a room for a few weeks and then you'll be fine after that. 
you know, that if, if you do test positive in June, then you'll be back before the end of the season. And there's no reason to believe that that's true. Yeah. And, and you can get easily spooked if you do come down with an illness, even if it's asymptomatic, um, because we are still learning more about the effects of the virus that can have long term, not just the acute illness that you suffer when you have the virus. Uh, let's circle back around a little bit to Buster, because I feel like in our last episode, our first episode back from our lifelong hiatus, uh, we, we bashed Buster a little bit in, a, in a, our very tongue-in-cheek, we love advanced statistics kind of way where he's not the power-producing uh, heart of your lineup, batting forth power hitter that he was when he was younger. And so we kind of can play offhandedly about, oh, well, he's there for his defense or he's there to call the game or he's got that veteran presence. But at this point, what, what do you think the Giants will be missing without Posey? I mean, I still do think that he's on a totally uh, tangible basis. He's still a very good hitter. He's still an above average plate appearance when it comes to, you know, certainly as a, singles and doubles hitter um, and a really good batting, um, really good plate discipline guy. Um, Again, maybe not the cleanup hitter that he was earlier in his career or the home run hitter, but, you know, he would always certainly put up above average offensive numbers from the catcher position. Um, And then I think on in the intent, well, on the still tangible, the defense, his defense has always been excellent and his framing abilities have always been excellent. And the, all too amorphous calling a good game stat. <laughs> <laughs> we think he's good at it. We don't know. We don't know how to test that, but it's something that, uh, you know, he's always gotten good anecdata about. Um, and did then you make up that word anecdata or is I that did a not. thing I just, I did not, but I like it. Is that a very online thing? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just, it, you know, I don't think there's anything extremely online about it. It's just a, it's a good word. Um, and then I think, you know, from the intangible side, obviously he is the captain of the team. He's, is he the only player who's on the 2010 roster? Has if, to be at this point. Yeah. If he's not, then he's one of few and he's certainly the most prominent. I mean, he's the leader of the team. He's, you know, the guy who's going to be around for his whole career and then will probably join the front office. And so, just having him there for his leadership and for his, um, you know, emotional uh, guidance and things like that. I, I think not having him is, is a huge loss, especially as we're relying on so many young and unproven players. Last question on Posey. Too many kids? <laughs> Too many for what? Too many uh, while you're stuck home alone and you don't have um, help from the outside world? certainly more than you or I want to deal with right now, but uh, too many for a, an extremely rich guy who um, will have uh, let's daycare and nannies and things like, and tutors and not uh, having a problem paying for cal- college. Yeah. More power to him. I mean, to, between us, we have a combined two girlfriends and zero children, two cats um, and a combined two cats. Yes. <laughs> I am having trouble thinking past the first child and i know that it's a big hump to get over for most people and it takes missing having a really small child in your house to want a second child but just in my long view of my life i just don't see getting over the hump of wanting even a second kid and then you you go down the line and you think like philip rivers is at what eight or nine at this point yeah that that's <laughs> that's more than i could ever see myself um being comfortable with it's funny ashley and i actually had this discussion where we started you're actually uh (laughs) that's gonna be confusing isn't it Uh, my (laughs) my fiance and i had this discussion because we started talking about adopting another cat and uh and that brought out some very clear lines between us because i think everybody Everybody who's inclined to get a cat. So let's get you anti-cat people out here, out of here for now. Anti-catsers. Right, exactly. But for people who like cats, which is hopefully most people, um, there is a line at which there's a line that represents too many cats, right? <laughs> and that line is different for people. 
My, my line for too many cats was two. I mean, after two, two is fine. So th- three would be too many. And for my fiance, that, the answer was four. So, uh, the, so, and that, that became quickly apparent. Whereas for me, getting a third cat was like, oh, we're becoming the cat people. And for her, getting a third cat was one step on the way to not getting four cats. The only thing, and, and bless your heart for not saying the term fur babies at any point. Oh, I will never discussion. say that. I'm, I'm anti that term. Yeah, when I back when I was single, uh, there's an app, Danny, that you've never been on called Bumble. And I have not. I've been Bumble. in a relationship for most of the dating app uh, um, era. You don't know this, but there are a lot of single women out there in their late 20s and early 30s with a significant number of fur babies or uh, call themselves cat moms, which I know we're actively displacing a lot of our innermost desires onto pets or inanimate objects or hobbies because we are the latest generation to put off parenthood. But have a little self-awareness about your inner desires and don't put pressure on these animals. Don't try to hook in uh, a, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a significant other by claiming parentalship over your pets. Just don't do it, people. Well, so I mostly agree with you, except that I, I do and have referred to myself as a cat dad. And I think I even okay. have it in my Twitter bio. Okay. And are you also, and I've heard this from uh, women that I, I know who've been on the apps, that would you also have had a picture of you holding a fish as your, uh, as your picture? Well, I I never had anyone take me fishing when I was younger. Oh, well, this sounds like we're going to get into some dad-dad issues. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I went, I, I may have gone with my parents like a couple times. I, I remember catching a fish with my grandpa once, but it was never something that I did growing up. Are you, are you going to ask me what my first picture on my dating profile was? Well, now I'm trying to think of what mine was. I think, well for dating profiles. See, I would have had law school, to be... Law school graduation, maybe? <laughs> no, no, none of my law school graduation you, you photos holding, are flattering. You holding your, your law degree? <laughs> All right, so Thomas, what was yours? Uh, Jeopardy photo. Oh, yeah, because that's a conversation starter. That's a, that's a banger right there. Yeah. That's, that's a side one, track one, fist-pumping jam. Yeah. And what would you say uh, was, is your aggregate data for how well that worked for you? 10 out of 10 would do again. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making a joke about the word aggregate. Uh-huh. That's I the, went on a few aggregates. That's the word that you didn't get in Jeopardy. Oh, you're, you're mean. Yeah, well. <laughs> you're rude. You're rude. If you didn't remember, then it's not rude. You, didn't, you haven't even tried out. You come to my <laughs> trivia night every week, lose... Take a week off, your team wins, and then you're going to come on our podcast and come at Jeopardy's Thomas Todd? Are you serious right now? Don't worry, I'll edit all this out. Get out of here, man. No, you did, you did so much better than I could have done. The next time I see you on TV, it's because you're going to be in one of those civil law commercials where you're trying to get people with broken arms and car accidents to come pay you $15,000 to represent them for seven minutes. <laughs> hey, you, you, you know, ambulance chasers need love too. Yeah, Danny, I've seen you run. You couldn't catch an ambulance. <laughs> All right, I've, I've awoken a sleeping giant here. It's late here. I'm cranky. I poked the bear. I had, I had a donut before this. It's weighing me down. I had a mango lassi. It was delicious. I don't know what that is, so we're going to move on. It's like a mango and yogurt drink from, like, you get at an Indian restaurant. It's delicious. Okay. Don't anyway, you get there. I'm opting out of this line of dialogue. So uh, what, what do you want to talk about next? Well, we got some, some breaking news. Uh, Maddie Ross, uh, Haley Steinfeld's character from True Grit, has just opted out of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. So. Interesting. The Ross sweep is complete. Uh, the department store Ross uh, will reopen, but not during the 2020 MLB season. Yeah, we're going to dress for more this year. <laughs> uh, let's just briefly talk a little bit about what the Giants might do at catcher without Buster Posey this season. Uh, they have Tyler Heineman and Rob Brantley, who are well-traveled uh, eight- and ten-year respective uh, minor league 
players with a little bit of major league experience. Uh, Heineman has 12 career major league baseball plate appearances and Brantley has fewer than 500. So combined, they have about a season's worth of big league experience. Heineman's a switch hitter. Brantley bats lefty. So there's a possibility that they could platoon, kind of ride the hot hand with whatever's working. Uh, But Farhan also said that uh, if the season remains interesting for long enough, they're going to probably look for uh, more stability at the catcher position with somebody who has more experience and reliability and predictability, I guess, uh, from the catching position. What do you think? Um, I think that Tyler Heineman is a uh, tight end for the Lions. Or maybe I'm confusing it with somebody else. I've never heard of either of these guys. Um, And uh, I mean, of course, going in with the where, uh, let's see, in law, we would say this as assuming arguendo, meaning for the sake of argument, let's pretend the season does go forward. Any see. Any team can win the World Series in a 60-game season, even the Giants, even without Buster Posey. Not, not, not the Padres. Sorry, Danny. I have to break that to you. <laughs> um, so do we want to try to win? Sure. Why not? I mean, um, so, you know, Tyler Heineman in 2019 had really good numbers in AAA. Um, he's somebody uh, – who, like you said, never really had, hasn't had much success in the majors, but um, didn't, you know, barely got a sip of coffee with the Marlins last year. Yeah, um, he sipped it, it was too hot, and then he, he never went back to it. Right, but it was some, you know, he was somebody that the Marlins didn't really see fit to hold on to, so. Can we call it, can we call it a shot of espresso instead? <laughs> like, he didn't have a cup of coffee, he just had a shot of espresso? Sure, I like it. Um, Rob Brantley, um, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, Brantley, sure. Brantley's had uh, your water jugs worth of coffee. In the majors. <laughs> I mean, the question he, he is, had eighty-four ounces of <laughs> of coffee. He was one of the three people to order at Trenta from Starbucks. <laughs> um, the you can't play the hot hand if no, if neither hand gets hot. That's that's my takeaway from this. Well, they both that, have hands. That's been confirmed with photographic evidence. Like. Zaidi treats this team, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but he he seems to approach the Giants like fantasy baseball, right? Whereas last year, what we started this season with Connor Joe and another Ross. What was his name? Michael Ross? Guess is as good as mine, sir. <laughs> that was you a know, rough opening day lineup. I remember taking I remember taking the offseason off thinking yeah, I'm not going to focus on the Giants this offseason. We'll, we'll see what happens opening day. Flicks on TV. Oh, good, who good, are these? God. Oh, oh, no. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, he does this thing where he sees somebody who has shown a flash of doing something interesting, you know, like it's very, very Moneyball, right, where they have somebody who at one point showed really good play discipline or one point, you know, had really good splits in this situation. And then he gave, gives him a job and then the guy kind of doesn't play great for a week and then he's gone. And so I don't, know, I don't know what specifically you're referring to in either of these guys, but I think the principle you're talking about is right. Where you focus on what a player does do well and instead of what a player doesn't do well. And that's how you find, you know, that's how you find undervalued talent. Right, talk about the things that they can do instead of the things that they can't. Right. And I, I, my point is, like, last year we were coming into the season and by far the biggest position of need was outfield because you, they had the infield pretty much locked in. They had catcher locked in, obviously. And so, yeah, they, they just brought in a whole bunch of nobodies, a bunch of, of jags, if you will, um, who uh, to, to play a uh, just a guy. Oh. <laughs> Um, and you know, to give them, give them a shot of espresso and see if they can catch lightning in a bottle. I don't know too many mixed metaphors here. Um, and it didn't work mostly. I mean, they, they did find some really, I mean, that's how they found Yastrzemski and that's how they found, you know, Alex Dickerson. Um, and it's also how they found a bunch of guys who didn't last the week. And now coming into the season, our biggest need is catcher. 
And so they're doing the same thing. And I think it's fine. I think it's the best way to do it. And I think that we should go in assuming it's not going to work. Okay. Interesting. Well, the Giants do have a little bit deeper farm system than they have in years past. So Right. Unless they just go with Joey Bart. And that's another option. And we, we talked about it. We covered Joey Bart a lot on our last podcast. And we haven't seen enough. Uh, we haven't seen any game action from any of these guys. So we don't really have anything to base our thoughts on as far as how players are going to perform this season. But Bart is still very young. And Farhan talked about wanting uh, basically wanting him to have had a minor league season to go and just get those reps. But obviously that's not going to happen. So uh, we'll see how quickly they go to Joey Bart if they do it all or if they make a move for a veteran with some of those uh, mid-tier prospects I mentioned before. Uh, a couple quick injury notes. Uh, Brandon was in a boot. Uh, it's a lot of clothes in one sentence, but uh, Belt was in a boot. It's uh, not quite off the table that he starts the season, but he might have to start the season not on the field. Uh, in that case, it's looking like a guy like Pablo Sandoval or, or Darren Ruff could be our opening day first. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's so weird about this short season is that one decent injury and you miss a, a quarter of it, half of it. I mean, and yeah, 15 day DL, that's 25% of the season. IL, IL, come on. No, I'm still, I'm still think it's the D League in basketball <laughs> and the G uh, League. Yeah. And I'm Actually, still calling it the Gatorade list intent. when people get hurt this year. <laughs> the G list. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, that's where we are as far as Giants uh, celebrities. We are on the G list. Not untrue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this might be the way that. Uh, Pablo Sandoval gets playing time. I mean, we didn't really see him supplanting Longoria at third. Um, but if he's gonna, if we need a, a backup first baseman, I mean, he seems like well fit for that role. There isn't really anybody else we'd want getting that time except maybe Austin Slater. Um, let's let's pause a moment to congratulate Evan Longoria on making the list of the most handsome baseball players. Uh, oh, as set out by Tyler Pluff, right? Yes, yes. Was it uh, Dan Pluff? Trevor, I don't know. Trevor I'm, Pluff, Tyler Pluff. Tyler. Pluff. <laughs> I'm just impressed he didn't put himself on the list. Wait. That that's a good point. Yeah, I, I feel guess like that's you or I certainly would have done. I don't know. You, you you have a much higher opinion of your looks than I do of mine. And uh, <laughs> anyone who's met both of us knows that that's just wildly out of character. It's not justified. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we'll see kind of uh, what happens at first base. Um, it would be nice to see Panda get some, some playing time, obviously. Um, I've always really liked Austin Slater and He's put up some weird numbers. Like he, he's put up some really good numbers for time for some periods of time and then just awful, awful for like months at a time. So I would really like to see kind of what would happen if he got to play every day. Um, and one guy who I really hope is going to get a lot of play this season is Jalen Davis, who was one of our uh, deadline acquisitions last year. I believe that we traded, was that the Dyson trade? Sam Dyson, yes, I believe so. Yeah, the so. Sam Dyson trade. Jalen Davis is a, uh, is a is an outfielder. He hit something like 35 home runs last year in the minors. Um, just a ton of power, really good approach to the plate. Did not do anything in his sip of espresso. Didn't Wasn't even a, a full tiny little cup of espresso. It was just, you know. He had to go, so he just kind of poured it down his throat. Someone told a joke at the wrong moment, and he had to spit take his espresso. <laughs> that sounds painful. For everyone involved. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they're going to give him a lot of um, playing time, or I, I hope. And, you know, I think, um, I think there could be – I think he could be uh, somebody who develops really well. And actually there was a really good piece about him by I'm not remembering the guy who used to write there might be giants on McCovey Chronicles. There might be giant. No, there are always they, giants. They might be giants. <laughs> uh, uh, I believe his name is Steve. Steve, yeah, he did a really good write up about Jalen Davis. There might be giants. <laughs> Which, by the way, they might be giants is the world's greatest name for a blog about minor leaguers. 
That is true. It is one of the better puns that we've come across in the Giants blogosphere. Did you ever just watch I Kill Giants? What was that? Did you ever watch the movie I Kill Giants? No, I've never heard of it. It was weird. Anyway, it was about a like a teenage girl going through emotional trauma. Anyway, take it away, Thomas. Cool. Uh, last injury note, and we don't have to discuss this. Uh, Hunter Pence has a very mild foot issue. Hunter Pence is older than both of us, so I'm assuming having a very mild foot issue is just a permanent condition once you're in your mid-30s. So, oh, yeah. Let's uh, play the game of what randomly hurts today. Okay, go ahead, Danny. You first. Uh, my back, as always. Hmm. It's It's like middle to the left. I don't know. It's like right behind where my like left lung might be. It just hurts like on and off all the time. Interesting. I'm 100%. I'm not going to lie. Really? Mm-hmm. You're feel older great. than me. Yeah, I feel great. Wow. All that running is doing, doing wonders. By I the way, I am going to do more push-ups than you someday. Okay. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, I, running, I, running, running two plus miles a day, no alcohol. I'm feeling good. Wow. Yeah, still eating lots of candy. Well, at least you're not drinking. <laughs> uh, okay. Our, our uh, next topic is the schedule. Hey, the giant schedule has been released. It's uh, been a little bit since it happened, so we can, we can blow through it a little bit. Uh, it's going to be 40 games against the NL West and 20 games against the AL West. They're going to keep uh, teams as local as they can, though the Giants and A's will be two of the top traveling teams because the West Coast – uh, has to go to Houston and Seattle. There's some pretty far-reaching cities in the West Divisions. Um, the season for the Giants is going to open in Los Angeles against the Dodgers on Thursday, July 23rd. That'll be a four-game set home opener for the Giants, which I guess doesn't matter. Uh, if there's going to be no fans in the stands, it'll be July 28th against the San Diego Padres. So two, two three quick series against the NL West. Um, the Dodgers... Uh, will comprise 10 of the Giants uh, first half games, and then they will not play the Dodgers in the second half of the season. So there's some interesting schedule permutations that went down as far as how this schedule was created. And then the Giants will end with a seven game homestand against the Rockies and Padres. Uh, Besides what I just covered, anything stand out to you about the schedule? Um, Well, as you mentioned, does it really matter where they're playing? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I understand that for MLB, it doesn't quite work for them to do kind of what they're doing in the NBA um, and, like, go down to Disney World and or go to Fight Island or something like that. But are you watching Fight Island, by the way? I paused it as soon as I saw you pop up on the Zoom screen. I'm watching the prelims <laughs> for UFC 251 on Fight Island. Um, it would be fun to have Baseball Island, but I'm What guessing... would it be called? Brawl Island? Baseball Island. SWAT Island. I'm trying to think of a better SWAT Island is, would be something could you, different. Could you play baseball on an island? Why not? I don't know. I feel like you'd... I, I guess you can hit baseballs into the water. The Giants have proven that. Well, it would be an island that's bigger than the size of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you could just sit in, in the waves and uh, in your inner tube and just watch... You know, balls fly over your head. I would do that. I would do that. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's really interesting that that they're not playing the Dodgers toward the end because you know we're so used to kind of those clutch uh, pennant deciding or you know division deciding um, games. I don't know. We always play badly against the Rockies, even in San Francisco. Um, I don't know. The big question is going to be, of course, does do the games matter by the end? I mean, are we going to be 30 games out of first by like September, you know, after 30 games, 30 games out after 30 games, Uh, we'd have to be pretty deep into the taxi squad or the pedicab squad or the, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how much for the the strolling down the Embarcadero squad, I guess would be the. One thing that I did like that um, that has to do with this is that they announced that, uh, the announcers are not going to be traveling with the team. They're, they're not going to be traveling at all, which is great. Um, I believe well, you don't know that, what they're going to do with their personal lines, do you? Right. They may go on vacation. You know, they may go on assignment, you know, uh, but 
but no, it's nice. You know, just there, there never was a reason for the announcers to, to travel, especially when you got Kruko who has trouble traveling anyway. I don't know. Uh, are the Rockies and the Padres going to be our top contenders for the division lead after 60 games? I mean, probably not. We're probably not going to be fighting for first at the end, but uh, it is going to be weird to have, uh, you know, a second half without, without a big Dodgers rivalry. Yeah. And uh, you know, anything can happen in baseball. We say this every year, if the giants perform strong in the first half of the season, they stay in the game. And if they don't have to perform as well in the second half, because the schedule is a lot lighter. So I guess all we're hoping for is a, a good death. <laughs> a good and noble death. Either you come on with be, your shield or on it. Yeah, you don't want to start the battle being the guy who has the arrow go through his ear like the first second of the battle. You want to at least, you know, be in enemy territory. Have I ever had an arrow go through my ear? Yeah, that would explain uh, a lot. No, but I definitely don't get half of the bed uh, <laughs> in my life. So, <laughs> What size bed are you guys using? I believe it's a queen, but I'm also uh, sharing the bed with a queen. So I definitely have to toss some legs onto the other side of the bed. And they seem light, but they are hit quite heavy after uh, a few tequila cocktails and uh, three glasses of wine. You know something that we did, which uh, at first seemed strange and then I got used to it, is separate blankets. Yes, I love second blankets. And this has been a discussion in the last week. Get your (laughs) own blanket. It's yours. Then there's no stealing. There's no stealing. That's not going to stop her from being on my side of the bed in her blanket. But it's a step on on the right path. And this is something I was resistant to, but now I embrace it. No, no, the, the shared bl- the shared blanket. We're over it. We're done. It's 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 no. It's a no. That's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> well, soon you'll move on to separate beds, and then everyone will get a good night's sleep. Yeah, oh, that's the dream. Eventually, <laughs> we're going in reverse. You're going to be like uh, Luke, Lucy and Ricky. Yeah, I mean, we'll shove them together here now and again, slumber party. But for the most part, see. And now we're going to get way too personal, but we don't go to the bed to bed at the same time. She goes to bed at between 11 and 12 and I go to bed between two and three. Well, it's like one forty-two AM where you are right now. We're, we're bare, We're like, uh, uh, the, the sheepdog in the old Looney Tunes cartoon. Like we're clocking in and clocking out of bed as, as a tandem. Like we're rarely in there together. Mm. So um, it so this really way you'll matter. know that you have an unused blanket ready for you. <laughs> not What's unused, but blanket, not currently like? in use. <laughs> a brand new virgin blanket. Oh, Danny, that's awkward. Um, all right, I guess that's as good a time as any to transition into our last story, which of course is silly. Uh, Danny, are you going to purchase a cutout to have <laughs> your likeness appear in the stands at Oracle Park? You know what? I'm tempted. And, and how I'm much not... are you willing to pay for the second seat required to fit your cutout? <laughs> I'm not willing to say no at this point. Let me put it that way, which is farther than I've gotten. Um, can I I'm... just give the Giants $99 and then they can just leave me alone for a while? You know what's the funniest thing about all this is I am not an A's hater. Let me just start out by saying that. I grew up I, watching One, one might even call you a fan. Right. I grew up watching the A's at times more often than the Giants, but I grew up watching both, going to both stadiums, rooting for both teams. Um, I do not understand the A's animosity toward the Giants uh, or, and certainly the animosity expressed by the leadership of the A's and uh, toward the Giants. And in particular, um, God, I do not remember his name. The guy who's like the, the president of the A's. Um, Lou Wolf? No, no, no. There's a younger guy. I don't remember his name. Um, There was some article about, so the Giants announced their cardboard cutout thing and then the Giant and then the A's announced, well, we'll do that too. 
And if Giants fans want to put their cutouts at, you know, the Coliseum, we'll let them. And we promise, well, and we might, but we might put them, you know, where they're going to get pooped on by seagulls or something like that. And the article was like, he often likes to, you know, poke fun at the Giants, including occasionally being seen in his kayak in McCovey Cove. And it's like, where? That's not a joke. Like, wait, wait. I don't know. All this like younger brother, older brother thing where the A's pretend to hate the Giants and the Giants are like, who are you? (laughs) Why are you bothering me? Right. Yeah. I just don't get it. It's, Uh, yeah. You're, you're you're a younger brother, right? I am. Yes, I am. I am a younger child and I act like one. Um, But it's just, it's, it's pathetic. You're I'm talking about myself here, not the A's. <laughs> I will not be purchasing a fan cutout in either stadium. I feel like my eyeballs provide enough money for the San Francisco Giants. I don't understand. I totally understand that they're not having fans. They're not selling concessions. They're going to take a hit this season. But the stone of America is dry. Please stop trying to wring every last bit of capitalism out of it. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's cute. I have friends who are going to buy the cutouts, and that's fine. That's their choice. Uh, One used the excuse of, oh, well, I get to keep it as a reason. And I said, cool, now you have a cutout of yourself in your house. Yeah, my, fa- my head is fat enough. I don't need a fat head of my head. Yeah, yeah. You don't need that. I'm sorry. Also, you're going to go retrieve it? Is there going to be a day when they're just handing them out? Is there going to be a FedEx room? going to FedEx your face to, to your house? Is there going to be a, a storage room at Oracle Park where they just have all of these f- real fictional people and you just have to go match yourself up and then cart it out onto the street? Sir, can I see some ID? Uh, Can Uh, you see? (laughs) This is me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't fault the Giants for doing this. I think it's a fun way to engage with the fans. I'd almost rather they just ask me for $100. Or do like a lottery. Like a free lottery. You know, then, I mean, yes, they are giving up. The potential for, I don't know, I mean, like, it is like $3 million or something, right? I mean, how many people can fit in Oracle? Uh, it's under 40,000. Right. Okay. So 30-something thousand, 100 people. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, you know, $99. Yeah, they're not going to sell every seat. I mean, I, I bet I they guess- are. I guess I would be more amenable to it if they were doing it for PR reasons and the money was going to junior giants or the community fund or something like that. And they were doing it like a minor league base. Cause this is very common in minor league baseball parks where they come up with some kind of topical promotion to try to get headlines and maybe make sports center so that, you know, the Lake Elsinore storm can sell a couple extra tickets based on this funny promo they came up with. It just doesn't feel like a big league thing for me unless there is a charity aspect to it. If you're going to do something tongue in cheek, don't do it to make dollars for your team because you're missing out on concessions and ticket sales. Do it as a way to help the community. It just feels very minor league to me. Yeah, but, you know, MLB should act more like the minors, honestly. You think so? I think so. I mean, the minors are so good at keeping things light and fun. And Do you remember, do you remember, I think this is me and you at a baseball game, and a man decides to sing Neil Diamond's Coming to America in the eighth inning? Was this me and you? Don't remember it, but... Go on. We go to a baseball game, and they do the national anthem, hand over heart, flag, great, before the game. Seventh inning stretch, everyone stands up and sings. Eighth inning, sometimes you get a God bless America here and there. And on our Sundays. Friend Levon, our friend Levon, uh, Padres correspondent, refuses to stand for a pop song. 
But how about an actual pop song? How about a man who has no connection to the game whatsoever is announced that he's going to come out and sing a song? And you go, okay. And then he goes into Neil Diamond's They're Coming to America, which has a lot more verses than I remember because he did all of them. (laughs) It was a long song. Was it as long as uh, John Fogarty's Centerfield? It's, it's similar in length, but different in content because one is a song about baseball and one is a song about immigrants. So baseball. Sure. It made no sense and I hated it. I don't think I was there for that. I do want to point out, by the way, that the Giants very clearly say that all payments made to purchase Giants fan cutouts are final, and in no event shall such payments be refunded for any reason, including but not limited to the delay, suspension, or early termination of the 2020 MLB season. Wow. So what can happen is that you pay for a cutout, they don't make it, and then there's no season, and then you're out 100 bucks. No, what you'll still have happen, a cutout. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 they take your money. They don't have time to make it because they've canceled the season, so now they see no purpose. The other thing that can happen, and this is better than what I just said, mind you, they take your money, they make your cutout, and no one ever sees it. (laughs) That's the second worst thing. And once again, you end up alone in a dark room with a bunch of other real fictional people. I just like the idea. At some point, maybe in the future, you get to go identify yourself in cardboard form. I just really like the idea that baseball stadium fans are now going to look like the fans from like Madden, where they're just 2D and all they do is go up and down and up and down and up and down with their hands. And they don't, they're cardboard. They don't move. Right. This is going to be less, less interactive than a, you know, Madden 94, uh, you know, audience the third worst thing that can happen (laughs) is they take your money they make your cardboard cutout they put you in the stands and the wind blows you over in the first inning i hope it would be a little more sturdy than that and you're you're staring at concrete for two and a half if the yankee red sox game three and a half hours yeah and then you then you won't be able to see anything the fourth worst thing (laughs) That could happen. It's they take your money, they make a cardboard cutout, they put you out there, and then an animal eats you on camera. Yeah. That, I mean, you'd make the news. You know, there's, the seagulls are going to be hungry this year. There's no concessions. Out. I wonder if the seagulls are going to come back in 2021. Because the seagulls don't know the season's been canceled. They probably still come there every night, and they're like, where's my dinner? And there's no one there. So they'll have found new places to go or they'll have died um, <laughs> in 2021 or whenever we go back to having, you know, tens of thousands of people in a stadium together. If ever, are the Seagulls just going to know that this is when they should reappear? Are they going to come back in the best shape of their lives? <laughs> well, that would make one of us. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that the one time the John Fogarty's center field, there's one time when you and I were asked to guest host a podcast by somebody else, and we agreed with no explanation of what it would entail. And we logged on to, I don't know, Blog Talk or whatever, some browser-based um, podcasting thing. And as soon as we logged on uh, at, at the point in time, John Fogarty's center field started blasting. And we had this like mixing board on the browser that we could adjust, but we had no idea. Nobody told us how, uh, how long to listen to it or, you know, how long it would go before, uh, before we cut in. So we just waited because, you know, we were waiting for the, I, I believe what actually happened is we logged on. You and I, this was recorded on the podcast, said, are we supposed to talk? And then the song starts playing. We, we keep waiting for it to drop off naturally so we know when to come in. That didn't happen. So instead, we just sat there and listened to the whole song, which is about six and a half minutes long. Hell of a bridge, though. <laughs> and then finally, when the song was over, we were like, 
Oh, hi. Uh, w- welcome to the show where Thomas and Danny and we're hosting. Anyway, that song will never be the same for me. It's also not a very good song. And it's a song by somebody who doesn't know anything about baseball. But What, what do you mean? How is that not a good song? It, well, like the, the lyrics are nonsensical. Brown-eyed, handsome man. That's me. Center field. That's a position that I've played before. Put me in. I will be center field. Something like that. It's, I'll it's be center put field. me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. Look at me. I can be center field. Those yeah. are words written by somebody who's never played or watched baseball. Better or worse than the Miami Marlins song? <laughs> worse. The Miami Marlins song is excellent. Uh, I just, I feel like somebody learned that the word Marlin and Darlin rhymed and were like, it's a hit. Those Miami Darlins. All right, Danny, I think it's time to wrap the show. We've done, I think you uh, need to get to sleep. We've done some bed humor. We've done some baseball humor. We've uh, crapped all over a musician from your hometown. Uh, I am not from El Cerrito. Thank you very much. I am from five minutes away from El Cerrito. You can throw a rock and hit El Cerrito. Stop it. I have walked with you from your childhood home's front door to El Cerrito. (laughs) It's not, not, actually, I did that just about every day. Yes. Thank you. Never saw John Fogarty there though. Or or any of He was born on the bayou and the bayou wasn't close to your house. (laughs) I do. I'm still not sure where they got those wacky accents um given that they're from the same place as me but that is a topic for next week uh next week oh danny committing to podcasting next (laughs) week we will see how the next 12 days go we're less than two weeks away from the official start of the major league baseball season danny still doesn't believe it's going to happen i believe it's going to happen but it's going to be a disaster so we will see but for now go giants go giants